as I get more listeners, I'm getting excited because, I mean, now I get to explain more cool stuff in the story to more people. And one day it'll be a lot of people, but once again, this is a never-ending story. And if you go through the concepts of what that truly means, that means that I was taking something from a template as a story and molded into a world of my own. And from there, I have crafted a way to come back to this story every time. And it makes it that much more interesting for me because it's uh, little shapes or um, mechanisms in the story that constantly have me chipping away at something. And um, it's a really honest thing for me to say that I love... um, tales of the old or Arabian Nights or something like this where these stories of Sinbad or a a lot of other different characters have uh, impacted the world over and have remained uh, stories that will continue to be in our psyche uh, for generations and generations to come. And for me, I I wasn't as so uh, egotistical as to think of myself as such a storyteller. I just like watching television or reading manga or watching anime and so for this it was a a prime opportunity for me to craft a world that I saw it could be done (laughs) and did and and even if it was something um, of inspiration from all these different areas even a video game I felt that I could make something um, more unique for myself and so I did and, and thus uh, that created hearing colors to kill sounds. And so now that I go on, I- I'm adding more flavors to the story because the second book, literally I wrote um, outside and I was on the beach and I was thinking to myself like, wow, I have a lot of work on my hands to do and I have to do this in a fashion that makes sense. And so I spent some time, a little bit more time cognitively Uh, thinking about these characters and thinking about and and placing myself in their shoes as to what they would want to do in any circumstances and so um, this one the last story was the Senate of Mosses and this one is a continuation of um, it's called Darker Than Onyx uh, Manfroid and so if you were reading or listening from the first book it was this gentleman who was a guardian and um I misconstrued and actually create them into one character now because Onyx was one in um, the original first book and he was a character that was I would consider something like a fireman and um, when there is a a point of uh, crisis or whatever goes on um, fires whatever the case may be screaming rape pillaging all these other different things where people forget their memories he's first one in the story that I write in that literally goes back into it and and lends a helping hand while everyone else is going the opposite direction. (laughs) Literally, it's a flight or flight response that I had to verse in my head as to why someone would do something or put themselves in danger um, when there would be no reward when there would be no solace. Literally, there is no sense of currency for the land, so why would he do something to place himself in that position? 
in any way, shape, or form, uh, it's not a pat on the back or whatever the case may be, there is no one to congratulate him. And he doesn't know of anyone to do so. He just does it. And I think that is um, a, a human quality that we all not have, but we have and then we possess it. But our rationale goes into it as to why we do certain things. And, and those things and the rationales, because I've created this character as a genius, he rationales these things in like 0.5 seconds, goes through the logistics of what he needs to do and why he needs to do it and putting himself in danger, but still he goes and does it after the rationale happens. That creates not uh, a sense of a different part of the character or a sense of integrity, but it just creates um, a different aspect or a spectrum to all the characters that are going on in our human psyche. And I wanted to comment on that a little bit as far as uh, doing kindness to others and how it is looked at as weakness or foolish to, um, to adhere to those things. And then also it's a, a foolish thing to look for any sense of commerce for doing something that is unrequited or um, unasked request. And so um, I combined this character with another character, which was the Guardian in the first book. Because he was literally uh, this giant African-American male. Um, I, I literally wrote it in the story that his skin was uh, the color of the dirt. And, and I love that because uh, I, I often find so many other different pieces of literature. There's so many things being written right now. There's, it's an inundation where um, African-American men are seen as just this piece or this character versus actually a human being. And The Guardian, I write as a very silent person. And um, it's not uh, the invisible man type of mentality. And that's a, you know, a reference to an African-American um, literature writer. It's to say that it, it's, it's almost making fun of how society treats um, African-American men in this way. As this stoic character or loud and braggadocious and... Uh, athletic type uh, he comes off as knowing something but I don't allude as to what he knows he's just very silent he barely says anything at all um, only when it comes to protecting this young uh, girl and this young girl um, who they magically run into each other who saves her from these bandits and magically even he doesn't even know that the young girl has foresight and so she could see things before they happen. She sees visions. And so um, that combo with his power and his literally size, because he's I've versed in like well over six feet and uh, very muscular to a, a interesting combination of uh, male and feminine energies of this, this spectrum of super, super male and then this um, feminine quality that needed to be protected in some way and um, at the end of the story or at the end of the first book I verse it where these refugees come together and they come in this valley and they all meet up and I uh, wrote it where another character comes into contact with them which is the band of the crow and the band of the crow is a leader um, basically her name is crow but she's a woman 
SMC is the only thing that I can give someone as a reference from my age range would be like Xena Warrior Princess because she makes no missteps, she minces no words with any of these things and questions nothing but what she has seen and uh, has bested many a foe. And with doing so, she has garnered these people who uh, accompany her that are battle-torn, uh, war-torn, and obviously take nothing less than respect. And so, in the story and how I versed it is the scene where these people meet up and they're like, hey, this is why everyone forgot their memory. This is what happened. It was because of God. God made this and higher power, this, this, that. And she sits down and she's like, wait a minute, hold on. Wait, what? Wait, that doesn't even make sense. I thought you were going to talk about what we can do to help one another and you're telling or blaming our circumstances on something that cannot be proven so readily. What are you saying? And in my understanding, if we would even bring this subject up, I think God is a woman. So now what? And so then a fight breaks out and, and the guy who originally stated this becomes uh, murdered and literally becomes a martyr for what he was uh, attempting to personify to others. And uh, a fight breaks out, chaos breaks out. And so then uh, the way that I had it in this scene and literally if you were reading this, you'd be like, wait, all of this happened? <laughs> yes, all of this did happen way that it is um, you just have to look over in the words or um, read the book to see um, how I did clever word plays in it and so uh, all the while this is going on the guardian is there with uh, the young woman but the young woman sees it um, whom he's protecting and so she um, wanders off and so the fight breaks out and the guardian's like wait okay and so he goes smashing through people and he's just looking for um, the young woman at the time and so that's where the story begins and uh literally he goes and, and he's just mowing mowing through people as if he was mowing the lawn to find um and to protect this young woman so it, it's an interesting uh picture that i paint there because there's so many different things in life that i don't know and that i will never know and that i will constantly be learning because it adds that mystery to the things that we already know. Everybody knows everything. Everything is so um, uh, zero transparency, but still there are certain things that persist that people cannot uh, pinpoint or understand. Even if I tell you, there's still certain things that um, are hidden in the book that I'm still discovering. And I know that it's a great thing when I do this and that when I write in the future, that it will be uh, compared with this, but it will still be on a different level of uh, creativity. And so um, I'm appreciative of all the listeners. Thank you so much. Um, I wrote this so long ago, and now coming back in retrospect, it just adds that energy of me being excited to read it to you. So thank you so much. Darker the Guardian, darker than Onyx. Guardian walked the sea of crimson ties, burning with the bridges that bind, searching for his soothsaying companion, hoping to the nameless god she was not left behind. Not for his safety, but out of an unsaid promise, and the fact she was a youngling, our definition of child. 
bandits swarmed the aftermath of Crow's band battling versus Chu's minions. Blood painted the dark, tall grass a cool contrast of firecracker cherry red, in my opinion. Thoughts began to run wild with fanciful crimes. The second moon was doing a weird dance, blanketing the landscape at night the color brown. One sun eclipses two moons to create such a vision. The other two suns in the distance were making their revolutions by the time night would have been a full twelve decker cycles. He had to find her. That is the only thought that persisted. Then he did not understand love. But he understood the notion of wanting to protect that gifted youngling. Fate sent her far above the stars to his side, bubbling with a smile in a world of grotesque degradation. The tiny hairs on the back of his neck began to prick. Someone was beyond the metal. Someone he, didn't want, he did not want to dance with. He searched his very fiber of being, a partner he did not want to tangle in the least, yet the miasmic power of their might could not be staved. He surrendered to their advances. He left the meadow to which he thought was a dark forest. To his dismay, it was quite porous rocks, misshaped by the otherworldly forces. Trunks that were open voices, he could hear voices screaming. Some of pleasure, no, all of them teeming with moist echoes that retained their tone bouncing from his ears to his inner realms. There was no just walking away, leaving. Okay, so to better explain um, what literally happened in this uh, story is that a fight breaks out, chaos ensues, people start killing each other, and um, he's going through, as far as his name is, um, the Guardian, and he's looking for his friend. And so he goes through the crowd, he's shifting through, um, and all the while uh, maintaining his, his, his stance. And he finds her because uh, she literally just runs up to him. And this is one of the cool parts of the story is because afterwards he's now trying to figure out where to go from this story. Um, does he go back towards where the fighting is or just simply away? And which direction is it? And he needs like 2.5 seconds to decide this for the safety of him and uh, his companion and the person he's protecting. And so he utilizes um, a gift, which I allude to, but then comment on later on in the series, probably like the next book. And uh, it's the sense or the sixth sense uh, or for danger. And usually, not usually, but people that live outside have this ability versus others who are uh, accustomed to being indoors and uh, the sense of safety, where literally in nature you feel something that happens before it happens, like uh, a wave in the ocean. And so he's looking in this direction, and he's like, wait, no, that, that doesn't even, wait, what? And that's kind of where I leave it and until the next part of the installment and um, there's a reason why I recorded this afterthought as well is because um, I comment on it earlier his name is Hugh H-U-E and that was the guy who was saying that God was uh, a man and uh, I comment on this uh, none but just to say or his name also comes up in the first book as well and uh, I I know that you guys will enjoy this. The story gets really good. And uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. Bless you all.